There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 Chai FM, this is Soul to Soul on your radio on our Friday afternoon. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a new set of shows, to a new secular year. It's great to have you back. I hope all of those who were away, those who have traveled the country or traveled the world or traveled journeys in their mind have had beautiful, restful, uplifting times and are now ready, it's a shame for another year, and work is starting, and school is starting, and we're getting right back into things, and it's exciting, and it's challenging, and it's new. I wonder if any of you had the chance to participate, or, or to look at, or to somehow be involved in the amazing hype, in the amazing uh, chizuk of the different siyume hashas, with the completion of the dafyomi cycle, and... The re-beginning again, Baruch Hashem, it's a, a new beginning, it's an exciting beginning, Gemara Brachas beckons for everyone who wants to, who wants to get involved, and it's an amazing, amazing opportunity to upgrade our own Torah learning, to get more involved, to make an effort to do something we hadn't done before, or if we've done it before, to do it again, and as Rav Chaim said, this time perhaps to, to learn it and, and know it, even better than we did than we did the, the the last time. So we're back, Baruch Hashem, on a Friday afternoon here on your radio, here on Chai FM, this great, amazing station that just is a vehicle for Baruch Hashem in disseminating Torah around the city, around the country, around anyone who's, lived, who's listening around around the world. And in Parshas Vayachi, there's lots going on, but let's just take a point from the very end of the, the Parsha where Terry tells us that after the brothers came back from burying Yosef, so Terry says, by Yiruache Yosef Kimesavim, when the brothers of Yosef saw that Yosef, that Yaakov had died, by Yomun they said, Lu Yistumenu Yosef, we're worried that maybe our brother Yosef will now nurse a kind of a hatred against us, and he'll certainly repay us for all the bad things we did we did to him. And the Mepharshim explain this Pasuk in different in different ways. The Balaturim wants to say that the Taka, the brothers were scared because it says on the way when they returned from bearing Yaakov coming back from Hebron from the Amasamachpela on their way back to Mitzrayim. So they passed by the very, the very pit where they had placed Yosef into. And when Yosef passed there, he said the bracha, baracha to Hashem, who performed a miracle for me at this place. The brothers realized that he still recalled everything they had done to him. And they were afraid that he would retaliate. Balturim adds that when they said, Lu Yistemenu Yosef, perhaps he's going to nurture a hatred towards us, they were actually hoping that he would only hate them in, in his heart, keep it to himself, and wouldn't at least take action against them. They hoped he would recognize 
that he became the Adon Lachomachayim, the ruler of Egypt as a result of their actions and would therefore not take revenge against them. The Malbim says something almost contrary. He says that the brothers knew exactly what they did to Yosef and they were worried that he still had anger towards them. But they thought that perhaps he only was being nice to them and, and supporting them as a kind of a form of revenge in and of itself. In fact, he quotes the pasuk in, in Mishle Chafei, which basically says that if your enemy is hungry, feed him bread. This kind of scared them even more. As they almost would have preferred had Yosef kind of avenged his pain, Mida Kenegin Mida, by maybe imprisoning them or, or hurting them as they had done to him. They therefore hoped that Yosef would nurse a hatred against them publicly and take the revenge against them by hurting them rather than kind of keeping the anger in, in his heart and disguising it with this brotherly kindness, which is even more painful for them than the outward uh, uh, manifestation of, of hatred. We see actually further in the Pasha that Yosef never forgot what his brothers had done to him. In fact, it says that before Yosef died, it says he made his brothers take a shvoy, his mother, he made his brothers promise to take his bones out of Mitzrayim and bring them back to Shechem for, for burial. And in fact, the Balatunim says that the reason he asked his brothers rather than his own sons to do this was because he wanted to give them a message. You took me out of, you took me from Shechem and sent me to Mitzrayim. Therefore, you have the responsibility to return me there. So we see that what had been done to him never was far from his mind. On the other hand, we see both in this week's Pasha and in last week's Pasha that Yosef sought in every way to appease his brothers and forgive, and forgive them completely. In fact, he told them that they did nothing to him and everything was ordained by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This, in fact, the, the Torah says it's a Mufurish where Yosef tells them, don't be sad, don't be worried, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who's the one that sent him to Mitzrayim, Lachayoyislam, to provide them sustenance. As it's, as, as the Pasuk says, in fact, it goes so far, and this is a mind-boggling concept. The Orachayim HaKadosh says, when he says to him in last week's Pasha, Ani Yosef Achichem Hashem Chartem Mitzrayim. I am Yosef, your brother, whom you sold to Egypt. The Arachayim HaKadosh asked, why did you have to tell him this? Why did you have to tell him that uh, 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 they sold him to Egypt? They were very, very aware of it. Says the Arachayim HaKadosh, even at the very moment when they were involved in their devious plans to sell him to Egypt and slipping into the Borange, pulling him out of the Borange, selling him for a mere pittance of, of, of 20 silver pieces and buying a few pair of shoes. Says Arachamish, even at that moment, Yosef never moved away from his feelings of 
brotherhood towards his brothers. He was never consumed with hate. He was never consumed with a desire for revenge. He was never consumed with a feeling of, how could you, of, of, of betrayal. He realized constantly, he realized from the very beginning that this was completely and totally the Ratz Nashem. It was absolutely what HaKadosh Baruch Hu needed and wanted to happen and he was in the exact place and time that he needed to be and therefore there was no anger, there was no resentment. Not that, as one might have expected, Okay, he was angry, but later on he realized, look, it turned out for the good. Look, I'm the ruler. And as in fact, he tries to convince his brothers that they shouldn't be upset because everything turned out. But that's not what Dora Chaim is saying. It's not saying no. He got over it and realized it was, you know, Gamzul No, at the very moment when it was happening, he was able to completely understand what the whole purpose of it. This was all preordained from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Klaisal had to go to Mitzrayim. There had to be a godless Mitzrayim as, as part of the preparation, as part of the grounding of, of Klaisal and their readying to become the Am Hashem, the nation of Hashem that would stand at Arsina and receive the Torah and then go, and then go to, to Eretz Yisrael. At that moment, those thoughts filled, filled their, filled their mind. And, and therefore Yosef himself tried to calm his brothers and tell them that he had no bad feelings towards them, towards them at all. He says, don't worry, I will continue to support you and, and your children. And it says, he comforted them. And by Yedabra Libom, he spoke to them. And Rashi says, Yosef calmed them by giving them a following argument. He says, until now, people of Mitzrayim gossiped about me. That I, that I'm a slave. But now they know that I'm a free man. Do you think I would now go and kill you? What would people say? They would say that a group of men came, strangers, and I kind of glorified myself by claiming that they were my brothers, which they really were not, and then killed them. Would a brother kill his own brothers? In fact, Rav Yosef Salant, in his Sefer Ber Yosef, points out that on one hand, Yosef was reassuring them by telling them that he wouldn't dare kill them, because if he did, no one believed they were really his brothers, as a brother would never kill his own brother. They would therefore think that he lied when he claimed they were his brothers, and only did so in order to glorify himself and prove that he's not a slave. However, on the other hand, these words in themselves must have been very, very painful to to his own brothers. Because he said that even Egyptian society understood that a brother would never kill his own brother. <laughs> but Yosef's brothers did indeed try to kill him. Thus, these vayinachem or something, these words of comfort must also have been very painful for the brothers to hear. Rasalant explains that Yosef said this to prove to them that all the occurrences have been completely orchestrated by the Rabbani Shlodim and were not their own doing. He told them that it's totally unnatural for a brother to desire to kill his own brother. That is accepted even by the Egyptians. And it's certainly true 
of righteous men, like the sons of Yaakov and descendants of Ram, and they were truly righteous. The Midrashim say, when they searched their actions in Mitzrayim to see why they were being punished, they came to a conclusion that the only Avera they had done in their entire lives was perhaps this act of of selling Yosef, nothing else. That's how righteous they were. That's how perfect these people, these brothers of Yosef, these brothers of Yosef were. And therefore, there's no way they could have possibly have stooped to something like that from their own heads. The only possible explanation is that the Rebbein caused it to happen so that Yosef would be sent to Mitzrayim to provide sustenance for this. So we see that Yosef remembered Everything that had been done to him very well, which led the brothers to fear that he might take, he might take, uh, he might take revenge. But we see that Yosef had no complaints against them because he believed with certainty that everything was orchestrated by Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and he expressed this to his own brothers by telling them that he wasn't angry with them, with them at 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 all. So we see the tremendous avoider that's going on here. The brothers trying to find favor with Yosef. Yosef in his state of such a tzaddik, being on such a level where he held held no grudge. This is something truly that we have to work towards. It's not an easy level. It's something we have to develop within ourselves and make part of our own of our own lives. We'll be back in a moment with the halacha segment. This is a one one point nine Chai FM on the greatest. Jewish radio station in all of Africa. There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, we're back on your radio here in Johannesburg on Erev Shabbos, Kodesh Parshas. He's so good to have you back. Wow, it's so great to be here after a little bit of a hiatus. It's uh, nice to get back into into things as we always do at this point on the show, just to give you the important details you need for this Shabbos. As I say, it is Shabbos Pashas Kod of We already finishing Sefer Bereshis. Can't believe it's gone so quickly. And phew, Sefer Bereshis, there's never enough time to learn even a fraction of what one, of one wants to, what needs to try to go through and try to understand in these, in these parashas. Candlelighting tonight, standard Johannesburg Shabbos time in the summer is quarter past six. The actual latest time for candlelighting, if you're really in a pickle, is 6.46, 14 minutes before Seven Shkia is at seven o four tonight. Shabbos Kodesh ends tomorrow evening at seven forty. Twenty minutes to eight. The latest we're going to get during this uh, this uh, this year. Uh, as I say, it's a regular Shabbos. Haftarah is the normal Haftarah for Shabbos. Pashas Vayechi, and please God, the shuls will be full this week. There'll be Shirim going on. There'll be Torah starting up again. And although, although and I'm sure in some places it never stopped, even during December, Torah was being learned, Torah was being taught, because it's, there's no such thing as a holiday, as a, as a benazmanim, as a break from, from, from Torah, from Torah learning. We're back to studying the halachas of Yom Tev as a, as a comparison and, and to show the slight differences and nuances 
of the halachas of Yom Tov as compared or as contrasted to the laws of of Shabbos, and we're up to the uh, laws of carrying on on, on Yom Tov. So we know that Haitzah carrying is one of the thirty nine malachas that are forbidden on uh, on Shabbos, and the malacha uh, uh, forbids us to carry anything from what is halachically uh, 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 classified as a rishus hayochet, as a private domain, a domain with walls uh, around it, lirshus harabim, into a public thoroughfare, right? Or the other way around, from a public thoroughfare into a, that which is halachically designated as a rishus hayochet, as a private domain. And similarly, to carry an object for four amas, about two meters, in the public domain is also a violation of the malach of carrying on, uh, on, on, on Shabbos. I introduce it because, as I say, in Johannesburg, it's not something we're that familiar with, with the Arab that we have. Baruch Hashem, uh, uh, carrying is, is not something we have to really worry about certainly if you live within the general parameters of the of the religious community where the Erev is uh, is uh, spread its its friendly its friendly wings um but uh, it is it's a malacha we have to we have to uh, we have to know about and understand a little bit on uh, in terms of yomtiv however on yomtiv one of the malachas that is permitted in terms of food preparation. So under that gambit of what's necessary for food preparation, our Chazal also relaxed the laws of carrying on Yom Tov because it's very, very necessary in order to be able to properly pull off the beautiful festive uh, uh, Yom Tov meals that a person wants to wants to have. It may very often be, be necessary to carry things, right? That way I can carry food from one house to uh, 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 another all different kind of dishes from one place to a to a to another or or crockery or cutlery whatever it might be needed i can transport in order to be able to set up the the meals i, I want i mean we already mentioned before that the under a normal principle of mitaich whenever something was permitted on yantif for a necessary a, a, a purpose. So therefore, shaloi shaloi litzarech. So we uh, we uh, anything that's permitted, let's say for eating, is also permitted for any other needs that a person might have to help him enjoy and and benefit from the beauty of of yamtiv. Therefore, we said one would be allowed to go out on Yom Tov, let's say with a a a, uh, a stroller, a, a a pram of of a child, or one would be allowed to carry onto the streets even uh, one's a uh, sefetera or or one's lulav, anything one might uh, one might need at uh, at all. However, it is let's say also to carry. Uh, stones or things that one doesn't have any benefit from, one doesn't have any need for in terms of 
celebrating and enjoying Yamta, those things remain Mukta, those things remain uncarryable even on uh, on Yantav because they're not considered to have any need at, at all. However, the the halacha follows the vast majority of those poiskim that say that as far as the Torah is concerned, it is forbidden to carry on Yamtiv something that you don't need at all for Yamtiv. And therefore, I cannot carry either, let's say, on Yamtiv something that I need to give to a a non a non Jew or someone who uh let's say for for an animal or for something that I don't need on Yamtiv but I might need after Yantav as a preparation for the next uh, for the next uh, weekday or something uh, or something like that because whatever it was that Chazal allowed on Yamtav is only necessary is only permitted for for the enhancement of one's joy of one's in 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 in, 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 in uh, yeah enhanced enjoyment of Yantav itself. And therefore, for someone who is not under the realm of people that are commanded to enjoy and to celebrate Yantiv, or for time, let's say days, weekdays, that are not part of the, the Yantiv, it, it remains, it remains, uh, 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 forbidden. Therefore, anything which is forbidden to carry on on Yamtiv would then also be uh, 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 forbidden to carry, not even in a legally justified Rishusarabma public area, but even what we call a a Carmelis, which is a, an open area but doesn't quite meet the grade of a of a of a Rishus uh, and in the same way as the Eruv that we make helps for Shabbos, so it also helps for Yontav that anything that is surrounded by an Erev, one will be allowed to carry anything that, that uh, whether it does have a need or not, uh, uh, even for an, uh, a Goyim or an animal, that's all permitted on Yontav. We'll be back with our final segment in a moment. This is 11.9 Chai FM. The program is Soul to Soul. Don't run away yet. There are 39 milahot which constitute forms of work forbidden on the Sabbath. It's the why behind the way we do the things we do. Join Rabbi Musha Schnurb now for Hilchos Shabbos, only on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM. We're back on the radio in here in Johannesburg on Friday afternoon. A little bit blowy today, a little bit overcast, but... A beautiful, beautiful day, and of course, as always, an exciting erev erev Shabbos. So we're talking about carrying on Yom Tov when and what you're allowed to to carry. So as we've as we've said, so even in where there isn't an erev on Yom Tov, so one is allowed to carry from home into a public place or vice versa. Things what that I need for food consumption or part of a meal. On, uh, on, on Yontif, and even beyond that, using the principle of mitoich, allowing things even that are not <coughs> necessarily 
necessary for food consumption. Torah also permitted other needs that one might have in order to enhance one's enjoyment of, of Yom Tov. Therefore, we said you can, let's say, carry a, a watch in, in your pocket in order to be able to know what the time is. It's a great uh, problem for many people if to go around and be somewhere and not be able to tell the, the, the time. And let's say uh, it's a very sunny day. You want to wear your sunglasses or carry your sunglasses where you might need them uh, 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 later. Uh, a, a woman, of course, can go out with all her finery, with all her uh, all her jewelry, uh, in order to be able to uh, show them off to to her to her friends and 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 colleagues on the on the on on the street. And obviously, in terms of uh, uh, spiritual needs, certainly won't be allowed to carry a, a, a safer that one's learning, or let's say a lulav, in order to fulfill the mitzvah on. Uh, on uh, on Sukkot, or or if you want to do some kind of hidur mitzvah, also so even if let's say you already fulfilled the mitzvah of shaking your lulav before davening, but you can still take it to shul in order to to shake it at the time when the when the tzibur is saying is saying uh, hallel. Uh, if you want to, uh, if it's not again, if you want to take your shayfer to uh, to shul on uh, on Rosh Hashanah, obviously, uh, if it needs to be uh, to be to be used, or 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 or, uh, or something something like that, right? Uh, if you needed to take it home, let's say there are people who couldn't make it to shul, and you want to be able to take it and and help them to do the uh, mitzvah that's completely permitted on on Yontif. Uh, one can, as you said, one can take a child out for a walk on uh, on, on on Shabbos, and you can take whatever it is that the the child needs with him his his uh, dummy, his his bottle, whatever it is, whatever toys he usually plays with, the normal sort of baby bag that you'd pack with. You can certainly take you can take uh, uh, with you any changes of clothing that he might that he might uh, need if you want a jersey or a jacket just in case it gets uh, it gets uh, cold or of course a change of clothes which for a child is absolutely uh, uh, necessary same thing with the elder person right if it's uh, warm now but you might later on the day want a, want a jersey you can carry you can carry a a a jersey if you want might need it uh, uh, later, right, something that you're not going to need at all, then you should not, you should not take it. Uh, you can carry some tissues in your in your uh, in your pocket. Maybe you'll you'll need uh, you'll need them. Uh, uh, right, um, if you and things that you don't need for 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 yomtiv. So uh, if you have, let's say, a a whole ring of keys, and you might need a, a, a few of them that that you need for for yontiv, and the rest are for your business, whatever else that is. This. So there are some opinions that say that you should actually take off the necessary keys, and only those you're allowed to to carry. And once once you're carrying it all as a 
ring, you can carry the whole the whole uh, 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 thing. And again, uh, since we have a, a machlekes about it, and it's a, a machlekes about a chachomim issue, so the halacha is often like uh, like those who are lenient, and one wouldn't have to one wouldn't have to uh, to take it out. Obviously, if one has uh, 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 keys that uh, he doesn't want to leave his house open and he's worried about thieves, of course, uh, uh, or about the food. So one can lock the house and, and take the keys and take the keys with him and go on one's way. And speaking of going on one's way, the time says that it's time for us to go on our way and start making way for the news and the rest of the programming and the great music that we have leading up to, to Shabbos, let me just remind you as we start a new year, Soul to Soul is on the air every day, Monday to Friday from 1 to 3. Great Torah program and other times from the day, there's a lot of Torah available. Grab it with both hands and run as fast as you can. Thank you all for being with us. Thank you for being part of our radio family. We hope that you'll continue to do so throughout this entire secular year. Have a great Shabbos. Have a beautiful family. Shabbos, get back into things after holidays that we need to get revved up and get the engines running. Thank you for being part of us. And I wish every single one of our radio family a wonderful, good bench, good Shabbos.